The Dallas Stars were sitting pretty through 40 minutes of hockey on Wednesday night in Game 5 against the Calgary Flames, but then a collapse in the third period now puts the Stars with their back against the wall going into Game 6. And on today's episode, we'll talk about everything that went wrong for this team in Game 3 and what they'll need to do to get things turned around if they want any chance to come back and win this series. All coming up on a Thursday edition of Locked on Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on Thursday, May 12th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by the show and making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube and your favorite podcasting platform. Leave a rating or review if you enjoy the show and like what you hear. Uh, we bring you daily Dallas Stars content Monday through Friday. We are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. But without any further hesitation, let's get into the nitty-gritty of today's episode, talking about Game 5. And this was a, a game that had a lot on the line as far as momentum and confidence for both these teams. And this has been one of the more surprising series of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. A lot of people said, you know, Flames in five, Flames in four. Dallas, you know, is just kind of lucky to be in the playoffs, just kind of glad to be here. And Dallas has hung tough for the most part. And it was a tied series, two apiece, going into this fifth game, a crucial game in Calgary at the Saddle Dome. Electric atmosphere uh, and a an, pretty intense game to get things rolling. And Dallas did pretty well to fight the adversity to challenge the odds. They played a really solid hockey game. I would say a near flawless game through the first two periods. I mean, they obviously didn't score in the first period, but they kept Calgary off the score sheet as well. And I believe they were tied in shots on goal at the end of the first period, uh, seven apiece for both teams at the end of the first. And then they were also tied in shots on goal in the second as well uh, with nine, but they did have the lead. Jason Robertson gets his first playoff goal as a professional hockey player in the NHL. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but it wasn't just that. Dallas was doing so many other things well in this game. They were getting a lot of good hits. Their forechecking was really strong. They did a pretty decent job of at least keeping the puck in their zone for a decent amount of the time on ice. There wasn't too many sequences like in game four where Calgary just had possession for what felt like two or three plus minutes at a time. Dallas was blocking shots. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show as well when we talk about Jason Robertson. But all in all, the Stars are doing just about everything right for the majority of this game, especially in the first 40 minutes. But then, of course, in, in classic 2021-2022 Dallas Stars fashion, they got comfortable with what they had. And what they had was only a 1-0 lead against one of the best offensive teams in the National Hockey League, in the Calgary Flames. And they started playing in 
my least favorite way to play any sport, not just hockey. I hate seeing this across all sports. And you've probably heard this before if you've been listening to the show for a while. You can say it with me. They were playing to not lose instead of playing to win. They were sitting back on their heels and letting Calgary take the game to them when it should have been the exact opposite. Dallas should have been playing with all the confidence in the world in that third period. It's only a one-goal lead, but still, just with the way this series has gone, a one-goal lead is pretty dang valuable, especially with how Jake Ottinger was playing. You have to protect protect Jake Ottinger in that situation because you know, if you're Dallas, that Calgary is going to be coming at you with everything that they've got. That's something that you can't control. What you can control is how you react to it and how you go about your business attacking them on the other side of the ice. But Dallas just did a terrible terrible job at that the flames had 16 shots on goal in the first and second periods combined and then they had 16 shots on goal alone in the third period while dallas put up a measly five shots on goal and so that's not even just five shots on goal while trying to defend the lead that's five shots on goal while trying to defend the lead but also after they were tied down and trying to come back so all in all just a, a lack of effort and a lack of matching the intensity in the third period from the stars team, you know, whenever you have this situation where the power play is broken, like it is for the stars right now, the team has to step up in several other areas. You have to step up on the five on five defense, which they did a great job of doing in the first and second period. They closed out really well on their guys and the one-on-one matchups. They made it difficult for Calgary to get any sort of motion going in their offensive zone to set up any sort of rhythm. So that's why they weren't getting as many shots on goal in those early stages of the game because Dallas wasn't allowing them to get that, you know, make those passes to get those clean, open looks. They were having to shoot the puck uh, either with a defender there or just a crowded lane between themselves and the net. And it made life difficult and it was really working for the Stars. And they just kind of stopped doing it in the third period. You know, it's it, as much as you can, and I guess there's an acceptable argument to be made that Calgary did come back and win this game. I, I don't think that that's the story, the true story of how this game went down. I think Dallas lost this game. I think Dallas handed this game to Calgary. I mean, Calgary has the talent to capitalize when a team just kind of lays back and sits back on their heels and allows the game to kind of come to them instead of taking the game to their opponent. And we've just seen it way, way too many times this season. We Earlier this year, I mean, right before the All-Star break, Dallas and Calgary played in Dallas. And Dallas had an even bigger lead than this, and we saw them squander it. We saw them not play aggressively on offense. They played way too relaxed and way too loose on defense, and Calgary came back and won that game in regulation. Uh, and then Calgary basically just rode that momentum all the way to where they're at now. And it's just such a shame because Jake Ottinger, another fantastic performance, and he deserves so much better in this series, especially in the last two games. Uh, I mean, whenever you get 19,000 people in a, in a visiting team's building or the opposing team's building excuse me not visiting team to chant your nickname that's how you know you're doing something right i, I mean we saw we saw the the pittsburgh penguins fans chanting igor shesterkin's name that was more ironic because shesterkin uh was being you know arrogant and childish waving to the pittsburgh penguins after one win at home uh being really petty there so the fans being petty jake Gonsher, to my knowledge hasn't done any of that the fans just trying to get in Jake Ottinger's head because they know how good he is. This is a kid in his early 20s who lives rent-free in the minds of 19,000 people in Alberta. It's absolutely insane. He's done everything that the stars and the fans here, the players, the coaches, could have asked him to do, if not more. Uh, and he's just not getting 
the return value on the other side of the ice, uh, on the offensive side especially. But even in that third period, the defensive side, uh, not having too many favors sent his way. Uh, it's just such a shame to see. It's encouraging um, because we hope that he's going to be a member of this franchise for a long time to come. And this is a great sign that if he's playing this way now, who knows what he'll look like next season if we make the playoffs or two years from now in the postseason, whenever we maybe have some better offensive talent on the roster. So it's good in that aspect, but also this would be a great time to make a cup run for some of these veterans who either might be done with the stars after the season or might only have a year or two left in the tank. I mean, we're squandering uh, what could be an iconic all-time NHL goalie playoff performance, but it could get cut short in the first round if the stars can't get things figured out and turn it around quickly. But we're going to continue to talk about this game. We'll take a look at some of the positives and some of the, the some of the things that the stars did well because they did play a good hockey game for the first 40 minutes of this matchup. We'll talk about all of that after a quick break. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, your focus, and aging. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness, and it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition that AG1 provides. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Moving on on today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. Thank you guys again for stopping by today's show. This is your host. Dane Lewis. You can find my Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. You can also find our show on Twitter as well at Locked on Stars. Be sure to give us a follow at both of those spots if you do not do so already. Thank you again, uh, old listeners and new listeners alike, uh, for tuning into Locked on Stars throughout this playoff series and what will hopefully uh, end up being a long playoff run if Dallas is able to rally in this series. And they certainly can't do it uh, because, like I said, Plenty of times in the last segment, as bad as that third period was for the Dallas Stars in game five, periods one and two, there was a lot to like from the team. And you got to start with, of course, Jason Robertson, who was a heavy point of emphasis on yesterday's show going into game five. When was he going to heat up? When was he finally going to make his presence felt in this series? Well, we didn't have to wait very long for that answer because he made his presence felt 
in the second period of this game. He finally scored his first Stanley Cup playoff goal as a NHL player, as a member of the Dallas Stars. And it was just a classic robo goal, if you can even call it that, for a guy that's been in the league for only two seasons. I mean, there was plenty of skill and finesse, but also a little bit of grit, determination, a little bit of a, a greasy goal, if you will. I know that's a, a fun term to throw around with some guys on the Stars team. And yeah, it, it was just a really impressive play by him. He definitely got some help from Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. There was a little bit of aggressiveness from Ben. I don't remember who he was matched up against, but he played pretty aggressively along the boards to keep a Calgary player from getting to the puck that allowed Robo to get possession, and then he drove the net. And again, he used that finesse and skill that he has, but also used the strength uh, and durability that he has as well um, to make a pretty nice move on Markstrom to get the puck in the back of the net. And speaking of Jamie Benn and Sagan, I kind of liked the, the trio of those three on a line together. I don't know if we're going to see the exact same lines in game six as we saw last night, but I liked it. I know that there was obviously talks of breaking up the top line even earlier on in the series, and it finally happened. We saw Raffle on the top line with uh, Joe Pavelski and Rope Hintz, and then, of course, we saw Jason Robertson get moved to the second line with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, and overall, I liked it. I, I think just given that those lines haven't really had any playing time together either way, you know, there was still a little bit of good chemistry there. And obviously it did work for at least one goal in this game. And for Robo, it's absolutely monumental going forward. Uh, and I know Razor touched on this on the broadcast that now he has his first goal. I think that maybe there was a little bit of a lagging pressure for him to perform this postseason just because he was a 40 plus goal scorer in the regular season in his follow up to what was a fantastic rookie year. And so I think there was just this nagging pressure at him. And now the pressure to score in the playoffs has been lifted off his shoulders because he's done it. And now hopefully he will go out in game six and just play with reckless abandon. Not, not reckless enough where he looks bad or makes poor decisions. Uh, but I hope we see the robo that we saw in Minnesota when he got his hat tricker against the Winnipeg Jets when he played like a two-minute shift in overtime and scored the game-winning goal. We need to see that Jason Robertson, and I think his goal in Game 5 has now gotten him closer to being that Jason Robertson for the remainder of this series, whether it's, which I'm not even going to say whether, hopefully it's two more games at least uh, for Robo and the Dallas Stars. And, you know, I like the Sagan, Ben, and Robo line, and Pavelski and Hint still got some pretty good looks with Michael Roffel. Uh, we've been singing the praises of Roffel all season on this podcast, and I was excited to see how he would play with Pavelski and Hintz, and that line still got their looks. I think Joe Pavelski had six shots on goal. I think Rope Hintz had one or two as well. Uh, Pavelski had some really high-quality looks, some that just didn't connect, and Markstrom made some good plays on. But overall, was pleased with those top two lines, uh, with the line change changes. Um, I think Jacob Peterson and Marion Student each did fine in substitution for Denis Gurionov and Alexander Radulov, who had not been performing very well. I, I mean, at that point in this late in the series, you kind of have to make those adjustments as a coaching staff. So especially student each, there were some moments just we talk about the stars struggling with zone entries and just management in the neutral zone. I think student each did a good job of kind of weathering that storm a little bit just with his speed and his ability to move with the puck or even without it to be on the receiving end of a pass. Kind of liked the way he played and uh, was overall Pleased with Jacob Peterson as well. I don't really remember anything monumental he did, but I don't really remember him making too many mistakes either. So I'm curious to see if either of those guys will be around in game six or if they try to bring back Brads or Dennis 
uh, or neither. We'll, we'll just have to see what the coaching staff does, especially after a practice, or I'm, sh- I'm sure um, plenty of meetings and get-togethers as a team on Thursday. But another guy that I really like the performance of moving to the defensive side of things, Yanni Hockenpah has been really impressive in my eyes. Uh, he's played it really well, I think, over these first five games of this playoff series, and even in game five, a pretty good performance. Two shots on goal, five hits, and two blocks using that massive frame. I think he's the tallest guy on the team. Uh, and he, I mean, you can just tell anytime he's on camera, whether it's just the broadcast angle or even up close. I mean, he is a massive human being, and I think he's gotten more comfortable as the playoffs have gone on with just using that frame, using his body uh, to, to his advantage, whether it's hitting guys along the board or blocking shots just with his massive frame. And with that massive frame also comes the ability to send some steaming shots on net. I, I don't know the miles per hour on every shot that he shoots, but I can't imagine it's very easy to stop. Uh, and if you're a, a skater, probably not too desirable to get in the way of that puck and block it with your body, I would have to imagine. So really been impressed with Yanni Hockenpah, uh, a young defenseman who I think has, who came into the season with still a lot of raw talent. And I think that talent is finally starting to be controlled a little bit. And I think he's starting to kind of put the pieces together uh, for what will hopefully be a good efficient defensive career i don't know if it'll all be with the dallas stars from here on out but this season and especially in the playoffs i've liked what i've seen from him so wouldn't mind if he was in the defensive rotation for the next few seasons just because he is so young and he provides a good presence with his size and ability as a pure defenseman and you know the team as a whole just played their style of hockey for 40 minutes i mean guys were putting their bodies on the line we talk about those two blocks from hawk and pop Plenty of other guys were getting in on the act, and it wasn't just defensemen, although I think Essa Lindell had two or three blocks. I think Klingberg had one. Joe Pavelski was getting in on the action at age 37, putting his body on the line for the good of the team. And, you know, the Flames had 53 Corsi 4, which is just shots in general, not necessarily shots on goal, just in general shots, but only 32 of those shots were on net. So not all of those blocked by star skaters. Some of them just go wide of the cage and miss things entirely. But some of those were blocked by the forwards and defensemen, which is, again, just huge. And I don't think the Stars were doing that with as much vigor in the third period as they were. I don't know if that was just fatigue or fear of getting hit. Uh, I don't think it's that because, I mean, they, they've done it plenty throughout the season and this playoff series. But they played their brand of hockey for 40 minutes, and it was really fun to watch. I mean, even when they were just defending that one goal lead, there was a sense of the Stars can actually pull this off and go back to Dallas with a 3-2 series lead, and they can finish it out. But then, of course, the third period happened, and we've already talked about that enough uh, on this show. Um, You can go back and listen to the first segment if you want to hear what went wrong in the third period again. But we're going to continue to talk about the implications that Game 5 has given us going into a crucial Game 6. It's win or go home for the Stars, and we'll talk about the mindset that the team should be taking as they head into that game after another quick break. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is also brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more 
about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And we're closing out this Thursday episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day and for tuning in uh, during this playoff run. This has been a fun series to cover, and hopefully we'll get at least two more games out of it and we'll get to look back and rejoice over a Dallas Stars series upset win over the Flames. And that's the mindset that we have to carry. I know even recording this, I'm putting on my brave face, as Michael Scott would say, in the office because i i felt pretty devastated after this loss i was down in the dumps i'm and even still feeling a little bit inside just upset I, I feel just disgusted with that third period because dallas did have a legitimate chance to win this series and it feels like in my mind and in my heart i'm like it's over the series is over and and, and you know i just need to hang my head and cry but that's not the case the series is not over it, it's a best of seven series and it's at three two right now so Dallas still has a chance to win game six. You have to focus on just game six right now. You can't look to the future. You can't focus on the past. You have to have your focus on game six. And then if you win that, then you move on to game seven. But don't worry about game seven until it becomes a reality. And the reality of the situation right now is that Dallas did do a lot of things right in game five. For the majority of the game, for 40 minutes of the game, the Dallas Stars played their brand of hockey and they just didn't do it when it mattered most in the third period. And they have an opportunity to change that script, to change that narrative, and come out and do that for 60 minutes from start to finish on Friday. And they're going to be at home. I talked about this on yesterday's show going into Game 5, that the pressure was on Calgary to win this game on home ice and go up 3-2 in this series because the hockey world has been and still is expecting them to win this series, despite the adversity that they faced from this Stars team that a lot of people had written off. And, and the pressure is still there. They now have to go on the road and win again. I mean, Dallas has already won a game on home ice in this playoff series in Game 3 and what was their best performance so far. And um, Their backs were somewhat up against the wall there. Um, I mean, the series was tied at 1-1, but there were a lot of people that said, okay, the Stars got their fluke win early in Game 2, but they came out and proved people wrong there. And now they have a chance to prove people wrong yet again. They have a chance to come out and, and try to shut down this team on the offensive side. I think they've done a relatively good job of shutting down some of the bigger threats. Matthew Kachuk has just been a menace when it comes to trying to instigate fights. But he's basically just out there getting cardio. He hasn't scored a goal this series. He's been relatively ineffective on offense. And I think they've done a good job of containing him. Outside of Game 3, I think they've done a good job of containing Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, Lindholm, I think, has got probably been the most effective player on that top line for this team, but there's been a ton of other guys. Coleman has been relatively neutralized. There's been a few defenders that I think have, have been performing less than desirable on the Calgary side of things. And so the Stars have done and can continue to do some things right, and they've shown that they can win in Calgary. So if you get this win in Dallas, anything can happen in Game 7. The, the, the momentum is still there for the taking. The momentum is leaning in Calgary's favor right now but there's still an opportunity for Dallas to go out and take it. And they will have 18,000 plus people at their backs on Friday night. And so they have to have confidence knowing that. And they just have to take care of this game. They know what style of hockey can help them win this game. And because they played it for 40 minutes on, on Wednesday night, they just need to add 20 minutes to that. And it starts with the captain. It starts with Jamie Bennett. It starts with Pavelski. It starts with Sagan. It starts with the veterans implementing that mindset within themselves and then pushing that on 
to the rest of the team. And then, of course, Jake Ottinger needs to come out and give another fantastic Game 2-esque performance. Uh, and then, of course, once he does that, if he can get the support from his guys on the offensive end, I think things will take care of themselves. I mean, we've seen the Stars in this situation against this Calgary Flames team. I mean, even back in 2020, we've already talked about it several times throughout this series as a whole. Uh, I mean, it's never over until it's over. And that's the story of sports, and that's the story of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And so it, it all is just going to boil down to if the Stars can take the good from Game 5 and try to improve upon it rather than mope in the disaster of the bad 20 minutes of this game. So we'll see if the Stars can make the ultimate adjustments and do the right things in, in order to be the mentally sharper and stronger team to come out and challenge Calgary in Game 6 and get the win to send it back to Alberta tied at three apiece. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for stopping by and making our show your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. Be sure to subscribe to Locked on Stars on YouTube as well as your favorite podcasting platform, and you can leave a rating or review if you like what you hear on Apple, on Spotify, on your favorite podcasting platform. You can find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. Of course, our show as well at Locked on Stars. Be sure to tune in tomorrow as we will be getting you prepared for game six and talk about the big storylines going into that matchup. We'll see you there, Stars fans. Have a great Thursday.